2: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase
0: necessary. VGW. Void. Prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: Two of the most anticipated use cases for blockchain technology have revolved around the entertainment industry. Both the music and film industries have suffered greatly due to the COVID-19 shutdowns, and the field is ripe for Disruption. Today, we welcome two such disruptors to the show to discuss how they intend to revolutionize music and film through blockchain and NFTs. Let's face it, we're not rock stars, but we can spell real good. So welcome to a very entertaining episode number 507 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five. Who's bad? We said it's going to be entertaining and we like to deliver on what we say. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Joel Com and Travis right here to entertain, delight, and inform you.
1: This right here is extra entertaining. This episode right here, not because we're entertaining, but because the show is all about entertainment and uh, ineptainment. All kinds of stuff going on today with this episode, folks.
3: Oh, boy. Wait till you guys hear what's coming. Uh, full disclosure, both of the projects that we're speaking with today, we are working directly with as advisors. And uh, we located them out there. We got asked to join one. And we are like, are you kidding? We get to work with this? Huh. We're in, and then the other one um, we got. We heard from a PR company about it, and we get from PR companies all the time. And I went and I looked at it. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. And we had a conversation. And they wanted to work with us, and so uh, we're going to present them to you. And you guys, as always, do your own due diligence. But we like to fully disclose all of our partnerships, which includes our sponsor and friends at Animoca. And they're working to revolutionize the game industry. More entertainment huge hits such as F1 Delta Time, The Sandbox, Crazy Defense Heroes, and tons of others in the works. If you're a gamer or just interested in knowing what Animoca Brands is up to, you can go check them out. It's really easy, just go to the web browser of your choice, hopefully not Google Chrome, because Google hates you and is spying on you. I like to use the Brave browser, and I don't like to use the Google search engine. I like to use DuckDuckGo, and using those safer tools that uh, you can check it out at com.
1: Yeah, big fans of Animoca. I tell you what, it seems to me that everything that Animoca touches thus far has turned into gold. I've said that before, and there's a reason for it, because Yatsu and the team over there are kicking serious butt. Now, here's another project coming up, folks. This interview here is another project that we think is just going to totally disrupt an industry. Which industry? The music royalty industry, and we're not talking about music royalty like John Lennon and Sir Paul McCartney, we're talking about the music royalties that happen every time a song is played or performed or quoted or written about, right? This right here, folks, this interview with Noble Dracone, you're going to want to tune in for
3: If you set the Wayback machine to 2017, Travis and I have been talking about music and blockchain for quite some time. And it's one of the use cases that we like to bring to the forefront of tokenizing assets. And today, we are really thrilled to have with us Noble Dracolm. You may have heard his counterpart, Barnaby Anderson, on The Nifty Show, talking about the BandRoyalty.com site. And we're going to talk all about music today. We're going to talk a little bit about band. Who knows where this conversation is going to go? Noble, welcome to Bad Crypto.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Always happy to be here.
3: Yeah, man. Let's uh, give a quick background here. You are a uh, music royalty investor and you've done this for decades. You also make mobile games. You've got a development studio. You've been in, in the investment industry, gold futures, treasury bond strips. I don't even know what the hell that is, <laughs> but you've authored uh, several books, including Winning the Trading Game and Trade Like a Pro. Uh, you're a commentator on television shows, a talking head. You're, you're a talking head here today as well, as are we. We're all talking heads. Awesome. I think I'm talking voice, but it's okay. That's OK. I well, it's coming me. out of your head, though, right? <laughs> Although for so. some people, there's no video of this,
1: so there's no evidence of us talking heads. I know exactly. <laughs> sometimes
3: we talk out of our asses. So, you what? know, <laughs> you never know <laughs> talking butts on this show, too. Anyway, before it goes too far off the rails, uh, what else should people know about you and your background, especially as it is uh, related to crypto and blockchain?
0: You know what? It, it, my background, I start off homeless when I, you know, this whole journey I, I left home when I was 17. And I, everything that I've done, you know, people say, oh, you have such an eclectic background. And it all kind of dovetails. You know, I remember reading in Wired the first article about Bitcoin, and I was enamored, man. I was like, this is going to be the wave of the future. And I remember the first Bitcoin I bought, it was like doing a drug deal. I had to go through this list of different people who might have it. And then you're worried about who's going to sell it to you. And, and you know, at the time, you didn't know if you're violating money-changing laws or whatever. And so you didn't know if you're going to get stung like that one guy did. So it, it was a pretty harrowing experience. But I got my first 10 Bitcoin. Uh, and at the time, I was a, an active trader and I, and I thought I was super brilliant. You know, I bought some Bitcoin. And the moment Bitcoin hit 1,800 bucks, my bias kicked in. I'm like, there's no way that Bitcoin is worth more than gold. And so I just sold my first 10 Bitcoin. I made 12, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, easy 12,000 bucks. But at the end of the day, you know, look at where it's gone since then. So, I've, you know, I've been involved in mining post and, and et cetera. But the biggest thing that we did was last year uh, jumping into NFTs.
1: So it's, uh, uh, you know, I've just been in the space for a long time it is a fun space to be in and and so as you mentioned as joe mentioned you you know what a decade ago or so you started getting into music royalties yeah it's a funny story
0: well is it okay it's a not so funny story but is it is it
3: funny haha or funny peculiar because i need to be funny peculiar
0: it's a funny peculiar with a haha moment all right and so so i you know i i uh Hadn't seen my cousin. So I was in the investment industry and I hadn't seen my cousin. This is like late 90s, uh, 98, 99. I hadn't seen my cousin for some time. And uh, I randomly saw him on the street one day and he had just stopped, uh, you know, being into gangs. He was, you know, he was a gangbanger our, our whole lives. And he just stopped being in the gangs He'd seen too many friends pass and the like. And we ran into each other in the street and he said he wanted to start a record label. And he knew a guy who could get us a, a deal with uh, uh, Universal. And uh, I said, sure, great. Call your guy up the like. Well, the morning he calls the guy, an old acquaintance, I guess, enemy, ends up shooting him seven times oh, and he, he survives, which is great. Uh, but, you know, we end up starting a, a music label uh, called uh, Rough Diamond Entertainment. And unfortunately, that year there's two interesting stories that unfortunately that well, year, When does this
1: get funny? You said this was funny. I
0: know, I know. It's just, it'll get funny.
1: Okay. Uh, well, also, it's a little
0: peculiar. <laughs> but, I mean, a dude gets shot. I was like, that's died. not funny. Well, he almost died, but as a, but when we started the, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, man, you, you're slaying <laughs> but, but, him right but, but now. When we got, no, I'm just saying that, but it was interesting because we started the label, we got, you know, unfortunately, Biggie passes away, and we get shelled. Now, the person who got us the deal was Joe Isgro uh, of the Gambino crime family, great guy. And he uh, is the one who introduced me uh, and a gentleman by the name of Forrest into lending money on music royalties and buying music royalties because artists just didn't have a way out. And that was my first foray into uh, doing it because we got shelled. We couldn't put out our albums. We had you know recorded two albums. We had a press and, de- press and distribution deal. And nobody wanted to touch West Coast music, but because of that incident, ha ha ha! I'm here today, so we, uh, so it just uh, evolved from that, and we started buying, started buying music and tapping into that space. And I found out quickly that most artists are kind of screwed over by by the industry, and it's not in, maybe it's not intentional, maybe it's by design. Who knows? But uh, you know, when you first record an album, it could take up to nine months before you get your first check in any kind of royalty fashion. And it became quickly apparent why people like TLC went bankrupt, even though they had multi-platinum albums, uh, why Tupac was in hoc to Death Row Records for the million dollar advance they gave them, because these guys are always stuck receiving their money months and months after the fact. And they they need people, you know, their bills come monthly, like all of us. Well, it's not just that. Right. I mean,
3: you've got so many hands in the till when it comes to the entertainment industry, whether it's, you know, film, television or music. Now, you know, so you've got the artist and everybody mm-hmm. that's involved, whether they're the songwriter or a musician, you know, if they're in a band, it gets split up a bunch of ways. I, I never know how those that are in, you know, large bands manage to do it because, like, hey, hey, mate, we need to kick out Richie over there because <laughs> he's taking a piece of the pie and he's not carrying his weight. Get him out of here. Go give him some cocaine. No, uh, no. <laughs> it's, then you've got you know the managers, you've got the producers, mm-hmm. you've got the labels. I mean, who else am I missing?
0: Oh, you, you've got the, all distribution points, right? You know, all the distribution points. The people who go collect the money on your behalf get a little bit of piece of grift, right? So there, there's grift all along the cycle, and it's it's a bizarre thing because you know you remember the big fight when McCartney was trying to put his name ahead of Lennon as the writer of the songs. Yep. That's really that stuff is key because that lets you know what percentage of the writers royalties you get. So there's like about four major royalties. I just want to say that that
3: doesn't work, though. McCartney and Lennon, it just doesn't roll off the top. Doesn't right for 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 no other reason than phonetically. And the way it sounds, Lennon and McCartney, it just just
0: sounds. That's why he did it posthumously, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a posthumous event because, you know, he, whatever the case may be, it just made more sense because Lenny. Well, whenever McCartney song,
1: wrote this song, he should
0: have been McCartney Lennon. It, it should have done it that way. But we don't know. Right. So, and, that, and that's mm-hmm. what happens in the room. Right. It, at the time, when when people write these songs, they're they're vying for title. And then they're also vying for percentage of the royalties. And it's important when people are picking where they get their royalties and how the royalties are split. So, yeah, there's four types of royalties. OK. There's mechanical, there's publishing, there's uh, synchronization royalties and performance royalties. And those are the key royalties that everybody gets. That's the, the, the core of it. So you've got all these different kinds of royalties.
3: It sounds confusing to me. You've got these musicians out there and they're like, I just want to make music
0: bloke. And I don't want Richie in the band no more. How do I I make money doing the Spotify don't pay me shite? Oh, man, talk about Spotify. But you're right. There's almost no way. So there's people who make a lot of money in music. We can't deny. Uh, But those are the guys who really understand the business side of music. And one of the things they do is they they just put themselves on a lot of tracks. Timbaland, which is a huge producer, will be on a lot of tracks. You have people who do constant collaborations. You have people with writer's credits. They really start understanding the business of music is the royalty game. It's great to be on TV, but the reason why you're on TV is because you get performance royalties for that, right? You you, you start really focusing on how to maximize your royalty impact and the industry is really focused on creating these 360 deals where they get a piece of everybody's action because they know what the royalty situation is. And, and that's why I really look at crypto as a way to kind of level the playing field. When you have someone like Pharrell who streams his music and ends up 43 million streams
1: and gets like a $2,000 check, something's broken. So that is that is insane yeah we've talked about some of those numbers before i think whenever it was joe mentioned back in the day when we've chatted with different people who are trying to figure out the percentage points of contracts on music mm-hmm. and i'm i mean 43 million streams and you're getting two grand like that that that, that doesn't put any that doesn't put any food on your table no. and and so it's it seems to me that there are a lot of pieces of this uh, a lot of piece of this that's completely broken and so You're doing something totally different. You are, I I think, from our conversations, that this could totally maybe revolutionize the way that royalties are done for music. This seems very disruptive. and You want to maybe talk about how you're doing the the, the NFT uh, Mm -hmm. for band and then maybe even some of the future roadmap of where we're headed on this because it seems like, to me, this could really shake some things up.
0: Yeah, you know, that's the goal, and it's always been the goal. When you look at how the music industry is, and and listen, Joel hit the nail on the head, between the artists and the consumer, there's like 50 different fingers in the pot. Why don't we start shrinking that? And part of that is getting the fans to understand what music royalties are. When the fans understand what music royalties are, and then they can support directly the advances that the corporations have been giving then there's a direct relationship and correlation between the people who make the music and the fans who love the music. And now you start to bit by bit eliminate the middleman. And that was the idea behind the band royalty NFT. If we can get the fans to start supporting the royalty component of it by owning a band NFT and then being able to understand and stake that band NFT later on in any kind of music royalty pool, their education makes it easier for artists to come straight to them whenever they need advances. And that becomes a whole new paradigm shift. You're not going to big corporate to do it, who you know is going to take your royalties or overcharge you or whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, you're dealing with your fans and nobody loves the artist more than their fans. And this is setting the stage for a longer roadmap of really interacting and getting that fan to consumer Span uh, and consumer to artist base going. We like this. In fact, we like this a lot. We love this. We
3: love this so much. We want to marry it. That's. I mean, it's it's such a great <laughs> idea that when you and Barnaby told Travis and myself about it, we're like, dang, how can we help? This is this is super cool and we'll go in details a little bit more about how it works but you guys can go to bandroyalty.com. and when you do scroll down to the bottom you'll see our smiling faces because you know we're all about full disclosure Travis and I signed on as advisors for marketing and social about this project you know we don't know anything about finance we're not financial advisors do your own research you know where that's concerned but we really like this project and we are officially Part of it. Um, There's a lot of projects we bring on that we're not a part of, but we're really excited that we get to be a part of this. So let's um, let's kind of play follow the bouncing ball. When people go to bandroyalty.com, there's there's several moving parts here. So exactly how does
0: it work? Yeah. So when we when we created it, we had to educate people on what the royalties were, and most people didn't understand that there is at least four core royalty aspects. And so what we did was we broke it down that once you buy the NFT, you don't automatically own any of the royalties. It's like your ticket to get access to the royalties. And that was an important point. Some people are, are buying NFTs just for NFT's sake. And we're not going to take that away from anyone. They can just trade them. They can sell them. They can do whatever they want with them. Uh, and we made it limited to say, okay, there's 3,000 banned NFTs to start with. And those 3,000, once you get this first series is done, they're done. But now you have access. Now, we don't promise returns because we can't. We don't know how many spins the music is going to do. We don't know uh, how much people paid for their NFT. But what we did say is, look, 50% of all the royalties that we collect are going to be placed back into one of the three royalty pools that we've set up. And that's a big thing. 50% of whatever the income is. So if you're one guy and you placed the, the, the band NFT in the staking and no one else did, you get all 50%. We, we just go ahead and allocate it to the royalties. And that was a key component of how we des- devised this. We wanted people to get income, create an intrinsic value in the opportunity of the NFT, but at the same time, give you the flexibility to stake or not stake and not feel beholden to the staking mechanism, but still see how income is generated for your favorite artists. So we, we we pulled. I think we pulled some decent artists into this project, uh, as far as the performance roles we put on, and we've got a lot more artists that we have uh, that we're acquiring royalties from that we're going to put into this in this whole package.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're talking about some artists on this thing like Beyonce, Jay Z, Justin Timberlake, Cher, Will I Am, Timberland, Drake, Missy Elliott. These just a few. Like, just a few. <laughs> I mean, like uh, you're looking at some of these videos, like Justin Timberlake's mirrors this song this has 827 million views on YouTube. Like he's, there's another one's got 500,000 views, 500 million mm-hmm. views on YouTube this is ridiculous amounts of, yep. of, of views. And so, so tell us, what is the difference between uh, the different types of royalty? You said this is a, these are performance royalty catalog, which Correct. means wherever these are, are are played on radio or whatever. Radio. Or Ooh, wherever free, they played on TV, radio, internet, and,
0: and that's one thing I also want to make a distinction. None of those artists are signed. We don't have a label that those artists are signed to, but, we, but we'll but we talk about that in a moment. So now those artists are signed with us, we actually own the writer's share of the performance royalties that these songs make. And also <clears throat> oh, the a, original writer of the song sold, sold those rights. Correct. And mm-hmm. so when we got the rights, whoever performed them. So the cool part is if uh, the uh, mirrors is sung by... Uh, Dolly Parton or someone else we would generate income because that's part of the performance royalties that we own so, ah, so
1: that, that reminds me of that one story like of Dolly Parton she wrote that song yeah. I Will Always Love You and then Whitney Houston sang that song uh, yep. and made a, a ton of money from it and then Dolly Parton basically since she was the writer she made all those performance royalties from that because she was the creator of that song right? Yeah absolutely she, in fact
0: she said it before that she built Dollywood literally off of Whitney Houston performing that song wow and that's and that's how it goes that if you get and and there's there's like so many slices to get back to what Joel said earlier there's part of the royalty that went to uh, Whitney Houston because she was actually the singer of the song and then the writer got part of the royalties because she was actually the writer of the song and so when you have I mean we've got stuff in our in our catalog uh, in the performance royalty catalog where songs have been written by Snoop Dogg. And those are on the website because there's no videos made, but the songs themselves play and are performed. We've got uh, songs from Jay-Z that Jay-Z wrote that are not performed by him, but are co-written by him. And that's why I go back to say that the artists in the industry start understanding the business of music. And they start realizing that they've got to produce and put stuff out. And so we own performance royalties for every single one of those songs that are on there. And as we add more to the catalog and if it's performed, we'll be putting more stuff out. Uh, but then there's also mechanical rights. When every time something is printed or created or, or uh, played on streaming that may not have the video, those are rights we can snatch up that we're buying. Uh, We've got rights that are playing in commercials that we're talking to now that are playing in Nike commercials and car commercials that you've never heard of the artist or the producer, but it's constantly being what's called synchronized to television and the like, and we're generating income. So this industry is so vast that it's it's like a a secret that you can actually go out and get these royalties and pick them up, and most people don't know. I mean, if if I didn't have 20 years of experience in this industry— I, I wouldn't know where to buy them, but I've been bit by bit learning and tapping into it. And now we're sharing it with uh, crypto investors all over the world. Well, and here's what's really, this is like, this is what pluses
3: it for me. When you look at the site, you'll see these gorgeous NFTs. I mean, they are just absolutely stunning. So how yeah. are you combining this, you know, music royalty system with the NFTs that can be staked and this original artwork?
0: Yeah, I we you know, as you know, we're we're a game development company, so I can't do anything uh halfway or half-assed, to be honest. So the NFTs had to have value, guys. They had, and we all know you guys killed it with blockchain heroes. Full disclosure, you guys have been working and talking to me since last year, say you know, two two thousand uh middle of two thousand twenty, when we first started talking about uh NFTs, and we loved how you guys did your artwork. And so when we decided to create it, we wanted the NFTs to be an art piece in and of themselves, that they had value, and we wanted to really promote inclusion, diversity, diverse music, diverse people. And the, and, and the NFTs are a statement to that. If you never stake them, whatever the value that you could potentially get out of the NFT, and you know, again, we can't get financial advice, the NFTs will have value in and of themselves because we curated. <clears throat> we curated special art for that. We wanted it to look good. Um, and then if you decide to stake with us, you can stake between 90 days to five years and you'll get more, of course, you'll get more per, uh, the royalties over time if you stake for five years. But when you stake it with us, you just get whatever the income is at that time for the royalty pool that exists based on your percentage. So it's a real simple mechanism. If you decide to get out of the staking, you can. Staking doesn't give you ownership in the music, but what it does is it gets you participation in the income. Uh, right now, we've got a couple of talks with Prime Trusts. We're seeing if we can pull them on board to be the custodian of those royalties that'll distribute it for us. So we're creating a lot of mechanisms to put it in place. Uh, so the staking really won't happen until most likely June, July, uh, once we figure out exactly how to do it properly so everyone's well protected. And more importantly it's just a unique way to learn about the industry and if we do this right and people really get on board we already have a deal with Sony Orchard to have our own record label which means that people can take their masters and bring them over to us and be a part of our ecosystem and that's going to be a huge transition because if you're an artist and you're somewhere where you don't feel like you're getting everything you need uh, and you're not directly connected to your fans, and you're not able to tap into your royalties, they'll be able to come straight to us, and we'll probably end up creating a fourth royalty pool, the master's royalty pool, which will also be exciting to get people directly connected to their favorite artists.
1: That's so exciting stuff here. Now, I'm actually, I'm looking at the, uh, scrolling down to the, near the bottom of the page where it says the Band NFT 2021 roadmap, and it says right here, May going to launch the first NFT series. That's going to be on May 5th, and then it says June. Launch banned token sales. So it sounds like there's going to be a token down the road,
0: potentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a, it's an open secret, right? Uh, we, we put it on there. We're talking to uh, the token now as our first uh, la- exchange launch. And the band token is going to end up having multifunction, you know, and just just uh, full disclosure, anybody who has one of the NFTs are going to end up getting airdropped. Uh, some band tokens. We don't know the exact amount yet, but they mm. will get airdropped some band tokens. And the band tokens are going to be a way to number one, get access to more royalties. Number two, give artists more access to their royalty income instantaneously by being able to exchange part or all of their royalties in exchange for uh, band tokens. And then <clears throat> create a bunch of other mechanisms where it'll make it easier for the music industry and the fans to start interacting, utilizing the band token. So we're excited. We're in the middle of finishing up the the light paper and then the white paper, and we'll be showing how the tokenomics flows, but we're very excited uh, at that phase. So all of it predicates though, based on the NFT ecosystem and really getting people to become fans of it. And eventually we'll end up with, you know, following Hashmask and CryptoPunks. Eventually once this whole cycle runs, There'll be about a total of 12,000 banned NFTs, and that's it. There'll never be
1: any more after that. Mm. I love it.
0: It's, it's, listen, you know, the music industry, you know, people keep talking about artists, and I love painting. I love drawing. I've done it ever since I was a kid. I'm a big comic book nerd. But it seems like one of the lowest hanging fruits is music. You have right now uh, BMG, Sony, spending hundreds of millions of dollars acquiring catalogs from artists from back in the day to fill their their coffers. But average people are still missing out on all these billions. And we're the ones creating it. We're the ones listening to music. We're the ones watching it. And yet we have no access to being in the room. So we hope band royalty does that, gives people access to something that they already actively participate in.
3: I find it so interesting how what we've learned in our past, you know, the skills that we've honed and the knowledge we've acquired can lead us to do something, you know, extra special, great in the future. And I feel like, you know, what you've learned here, it's it's this beautiful intersection of understanding music royalties and crypto and NFTs. And so the uh, the sale is actually happening on the website at bandroyalty.com. Uh, what's the day we're going live with this?
0: So the day live day is May 5th. That's a great day. That is the best
3: day of the year.
0: Uh, Yeah, I heard somebody might be be somebody's birthday
3: Cinco de Mayo. There's a huge celebration um, all over the place for me on because it's my birthday. You guys are doing something really interesting here. It's a bonding curve. And we've seen this done with um, a bunch of Ethereum based NFTs that are selling nothing more. Than NFTs, right? I love that this has substance behind it. And so, this first wave, people can see on the website, there's 3,000, but there's different NFTs to go along with each wave. And the further, the longer the sale goes on, the price increases in order to purchase a banned NFT, but the scarcity of that particular NFT is, is also greater.
0: Yeah, you know, that, that, we thought that was really key. And that's why we kind of broke it down into multiple, you know, vinyl, gold, platinum, diamond, double diamond, because the scarcity factor, we really wanted to hone in that people have to understand there's only 3,000 of them. We're, we're not printing a million. This is not going to be like, a, you know, hundreds of thousands. There's only 3,000 of them. And those people who get in and get in early and they want a vinyl, they're rewarded. If they want to get a gold, you know they'll, they're rewarded. We've got it where it's fifteen hundred uh, for the vinyl at one ETH. We've got it where it's seven fifty uh, for the vinyl gold albums for three ETH. All the way up to a double diamond, the number one, where it's twenty five ETH. And we're putting them all out at the same time. And you get you and you get lower numbers as you go through this through the table. Uh, there's about eight levels, and it just we thought it was an egalitarian way. We want as many people as possible to get the uh, NFTs, And at the same time, we wanted people to be rewarded for getting lower numbers, because that's really also the collector's value of the NFT. And because it all ties back into real royalties, we, we've just done something unique, we believe. And, and I think this is really going to be the direction most NFTs really want to go to give people some kind of intrinsic
1: value besides just holding the art. Now, here's here's a question that I don't think I know the answer to. So say, for example... The um, there's there's 1500 of the vinyl album NFTs, and those are mint numbers 1501 to 3000. And those are going to be one ETH. Now, are if they stake if you stake one of those, is that the same as staking one of the other ones that are lower down? And uh, you know, like if oh, I got a diamond album NFT mint number two, does that stake the same amount of band or is that stake the same amount of royalties as a a previous one? So, so what we did, uh, no. So what we did was, if you have, there's three different
0: royalty pools. We'll begin there. Mm -hmm. Every royalty pool requires one individual NFT to tap into it. So you have to make a decision if you want mechanical, if you want publishing, uh, if you want sync, or if you want performance royalties, right? So you've got to make that decision, and then you put your one NFT to it. If you want to be in all three pools, you have to own three NFTs. The only people that actually get a boost are those in the lower numbers. So if you get a platinum album NFT, you automatically get dual staking. You get a chance to be in, be able to pick two different royalty pools you could be in. And then the double diamond, you can be in all three royalty pools. And the diamond, you can be in all three royalty pools. So we made it that you get more access the lower the numbers go
3: yeah big fan and uh we think that this is gonna go over really well with the public. People are gonna be excited to not only purchase really beautiful nfts uh, but also to have the ability to ha- have utility with them that they are backed by something legitimate and substantial.
1: Wait a second wait a second is this gonna piss off the the music executives or, or are we gonna get shot man what what why, why are you worried? Come on, Travis, <laughs> Travis, come on, come on.
0: So so the question, so that's a good question. You know, I, I look at this from the beginning as hopefully a more successful play than Napster did. I We all love Napster. In fact, Napster is really one of the uh, key indicators that started this whole crypto thing. So we hope that we'll be more successful because we're, we're layering it, we're giving people a chance and we're being disruptive without being, I guess, jerks about it. Because I, I think there's a, still a place for distribution. We're we're signed with Orchard Sony, so obviously we believe that the, that it makes sense. It's it sounds like record labels remember.
1: like it. It sounds like it's that it's they're they're embracing it.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. and and, that, and that's really the thing. Everyone knows the future is here, and they know that if they don't cooperate with the artists and don't figure out a way to make artists really make a living wage off of music that gets streamed and played and recorded and blah, 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 these artists are going gonna to have to do something different. And the pandemic made it clear and they don't want to be cut out because otherwise artists just sell by themselves in silos directly to the fans. And that's a hit or miss scenario. Yeah. Like Tom McDonald, them.
1: like he does all of his stuff all on his own. He has no record label. He has no other people in his band. He just, he writes the songs, makes the beats and writes the videos and does the video like nobody's in his, in his business, right? That's unique. And then, but not,
0: but everybody's built for that. Not every
1: artist wants to do that, but they still want to be in a system
0: that's fair to them. Not everybody wants to be in the, the, the work to do all the items that require music, but they still want to have a fair pay. And that's really the key of it that we want to make sure that it's fair and, and accessible. So we believe the band royalty uh, is whole entire NFT and, ecosystem will be the will be the whole next way for that
3: may 5th cinco de mayo is the day bandroyalty.com is the site we're grateful uh that you guys invited us to join you on this project we're very excited about it and uh hope that you guys out there are as well of course as always do your own due diligence we're not financial advisors but we do love sexy nfts so thanks noble we appreciate you coming on today
0: Hey, thanks, guys. Always happy to be with you.
3: Now you guys understand why well, we're excited about Band Royalty. In fact, I know the sale uh, doesn't start until May 5th, but apparently, uh, some whale heard us interview Barnaby Anderson, the other par- half of the partnership of Band Royalty, on the Nifty show, and they wanted to buy the last NFT which is, I think it went for 25 ETH. It's a one of one. And so that one's already gone. Uh, so even before the sale starts, the rarest one in the bunch has been purchased.
1: You know what, I think that I think that just goes back to the thing that you said in one of the previous episodes recently where you said, uh, you don't get what you don't ask for, right? right? And so if you want something in life, ask, right? And you shall receive. I always tell my kids is that, you know, very rarely is the ship of opportunity just going to dock itself right beside you. A lot of times you have to swim out to the boat of opportunity and do a little work. That's that's what it's all about and uh, ask and you shall receive. If that person hadn't asked, guess what? They wouldn't have got they wouldn't have got. So it's at least worth asking, although what's the worst case? They're going to hear no that is
3: the worst thing that happens is you hear the word no and you're no worse off than you were to begin with uh so when mogul productions said hey we want to work with you and uh, reached out to them and explored what they were doing. And this has to do with the movie industry. We've actually got two completely different interviews that are coming, but we're really fortunate to have connected with a superstar artist for this next piece. We talk about him plenty in the interview, so I'm going to let it just speak for itself. Here is our interview with Rob Pryor. Set the Wayback Machine for 1977. I was just 13 years old. Star Wars came out. And I will never forget going to the Edens Theater in Northbrook, Illinois, on uh, on Edens Highway. And it was one of the first theaters that had the 70 millimeter screens. The line went around the building because everybody was waiting to see this new film called Star Wars. Star Wars. Life-changing. Yeah. And I'm not the only we have one. have with us
1: today, Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> <Star Wars.
2: laughs> Exciting.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, not sword. Mark Hamill, uh, I... but Darth Vader's here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just in my soul.
3: Uh, the voice Very you nice. hear is the voice of one Rob prior. And uh, Rob is a comic book artist, very talented guy who's worked with Marvel, DC, Todd McFarlane, Image Comics. He's he's worked on uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. He's in the credits for Game of Thrones, Buffy, The Vampire Slayer, Termit, The Dominator, Heavy Metal Magazine. He storyboards stuff. He works on major ad campaigns. He's worked with Dungeons and Dragons. The list goes on. He's going to be releasing an NFT on a platform that i recently discovered called mogul productions now we're going to go more in depth on mogul in a future interview Uh, we're going to talk to rob today though because we don't want to talk so much about blockchain as we want to talk to this dude about all the cool stuff he's done and what he's got coming next that's enough words for me rob welcome to bad crypto
2: yo mabel i love it you
3: call me mabel
2: i love it that's good
1: Yeah. He's uh, just so you know, on his zoom on his Zoom, his name is Cora Jean and Esther for some oh. reason. So I changed mine to Gertrude and Mabel, and Joel changed his to Joel Combs. Just left it yeah. there. <laughs> I'm just gonna give it as my his. grandma's name is Mabel. Nice. Fantastic. Um, I love it.
3: So we're gonna start calling uh, you Lady Gertrude, Travis. That's
1: That's who I to identify. I identify as Gertrude now. <laughs> If I need to be, if I if the long if the line's too long at the men's restroom, I just I'm I'm Gertrude now. You know,
2: it works. It works either (laughs) way. It's perfect. It is. I want to
1: actually share my little Star Wars story because I was four and my aunt was so she 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 went to go see it and she was like, Oh god, this is this is gonna scare Travis. He won't he will not like this at all. And my mom was like, we're taking him. And I was like, oh, my God, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was in Joplin, Missouri at the I don't know what theater, because I don't remember it that vividly. But uh, cool story, huh?
2: I, I saw it at Showcase Cinemas in Toledo, Ohio. So, you know, all from the Midwest. Very nice. Very nice. Well, welcome oh, to the yeah. show, Rob. We Thank you guys it. for having me. You know, this is uh, this is this is great. It's wonderful to see your your lively and fun faces.
3: We're uh, we're really excited about Mogul, so excited that we are now um, advisors on the project. And we thought before we jumped into the project itself in detail, we wanted to talk to you um, because you're working on some cool NFT projects. But before we get to there, um, you know, I, I know in the introduction I talked about a lot what you've done, but do you want to fill in any of the gaps there?
2: Uh, sure. I started, uh, I started professionally when I was 13, um, lying about my age actually with, uh, huh. with TSR Dungeons and dragons. My dad would actually answer the phone and, um, he would pretend he's me because they weren't going to hire a 13 year old. So he'd be like, yeah, sure. We can get that covered. done." And he'd cover the phone. He'd look at me and he'd go, can you do it? I said, sure. Okay. Um, that's an awesome dad right there he was on your behalf
1: in business great job
2: (laughs) it was i learned a lot and (laughs) um and i learned how to impersonate um but uh no i've been i've been an artist for god forever and um you know i paint on stage with bands like uh lincoln park jay-z tech nine so i paint live while they're while they're performing um and I direct movies. So that's sort of my life in a in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, that's that's I'm looking at this as well. So primarily with 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 Marvel and DC and and Tom McFarlane and some of his other ones like was you also like with Star Wars were you doing comic books on that or were you doing some of the like the visual effects like how how leveled up have you well, gotten on
2: your artwork? Well, well with Star Wars, um, I mostly do um or mostly have done all the way in the past. Uh, fine art, just like the fine art and the sales and the and the, all of that. Um, I've done, you know, storyboarding throughout. Um, so yeah, I do. But it, with the Star Wars stuff mainly, if you even, you know, if you go to like my Instagram or whatever, you'll see just a ton of Star Wars art, tons and tons of it. What is your
1: Instagram so our folks can go take a look at that?
2: Uh, it's Rob Pryor Art. And you can uh, you can tell it's me because it's a guy standing there painting two paintings at one time.
1: Nice, you like 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 got some Da Vinci stuff going on. You can do it with you're like with both hands, ambidextrous. I,
2: I don't know how to I don't know how anybody paints with one hand. Seriously, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you could give me ten amazing...
3: hands and I can't paint. Uh, I'm
1: gonna look at you. That is awesome, right there.
3: Usually we uh, the bad crypto is is an audio podcast, but I think we're gonna put this uh, interview with you up on our YouTube also because the visuals here are so amazing. So if you guys want to see what we're looking at right now, I mean, he has got uh, Emperor uh, um, Darth Sidious in his left hand, and he's got Yoda and Obi Wan and Luke Skywalker in his right. These these massive uh you know canvases or paper or whatever it is you're on and you're going to town
2: oh man when I'm on stage you know it's it's crazy because uh if anybody's you know see me see me on stage I paint to the music but I usually paint with my eyes shut I know it's weird I, I don't know when I'm shutting them but there's you know I didn't even know until my wife told me actually
3: did you like make a deal with the devil or something? I mean, how does that?
2: <laughs> a, you know, every year I have to sign in blood, but it's worth it. <laughs> it that the crossroads? Um, is that where you normally got to do that? It, down the crossroads? it is. Yeah, I've I've been hanging out with some old, uh, you know, blues singers and and thing on the crossroads. That's beautiful. It's been fantastic. Your it's artwork is man.
1: amazing, dude. I'm sitting here looking at this, going like, "Whoa!" Like you, oh, thank you, you. you. So, 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 let me ask this: When you're doing it at, at a at a concert, like. What does that entail? Are you just sort of like taking a, a, an expression from the moment? Are you just feeling into the vibe of the songs? Are you painting the artist while you're doing it? Like, wow, look at this!
2: Uh, de- it kind of depends. Um, uh, I got to tell you, that picture was actually because my knees were hurting, so I was like, I can't, I can't duck, so I just turned around and painted.
3: Who, who is um, this? Who are we looking at here?
2: Uh, that was, that was Flow Rider. So I painted on stage with Flo um, oh, a few times now. but uh, It's my house. Uh, he, was, he, he was like, this is my house. You're painting <laughs> my house.
1: <laughs>
2: you know, what, what's funny, though, is when I'm into the beat and I'm into the music, um, I just want to keep going. And he stopped the entire concert to come over. And I was like, because uh, I, have, I, have re- I have really bad stage fright. So as soon as he did that, I looked up and like everybody's looking at me i'm like oh god this is this, just sing again please sing well they probably were um, like who's
1: this guy on stage what the hell is he doing because you it looks like you're painting on the floor
2: <laughs> i just turned around backwards uh just for a little bit um okay so most- I was gonna
1: say, you got a real canvas i was like that's that's kind of like what's that guy doing on the floor so you got a big oh you got a big old easel up there then okay <laughs> that picture looks like you were literally on the ground sitting about to paint with your ass
2: That's, well, normally that's what I do is I just put, you know, paint on my, on, you know, different colors on each cheek and just slide (laughs) around and pray to God, it looks like something. (laughs) There's,
3: there's (laughs) one more, uh, there's one more file that, uh, that we have here with your bio and I'm not exactly sure what to expect. It's a video called cut you down. Is this like a,
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's um, it, it's something that um, there's a, a company out there that wants to do a uh, uh, documentary on me and what they want to do is actually um, I went to Africa and painted um, in the wild, not too long ago. Uh, and I really loved it. It was great. So the company has reached out and I can't say exactly who it is at the moment, but uh, they said, would you go back to Africa and, and paint? And I was like, Absolutely. So there'll be a doc of me going to Africa and painting in the wild again. I got to tell you, it was some of the scariest things I've I've, I've ever done in my life, because I looked over the edge and there was like lion pride and and everything. I was like, is this safe? And they were like, no. It's like, okay, cool. We'll set up the easel. (laughs) Wait, your easel's
1: not bacon flavored, is it? Or gazelle flavor, <laughs> if so You're in for some problem, You're in for some troubles, brother.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I was wondering when they were, when they were putting, you know, bacon grease on my easel. I was like, I- "Is this normal?" They were like, "Just, <laughs> just run in about two minutes."
1: <laughs> run real fast, and
2: <laughs>
1: so, so I have a question on some of this stuff here because, like, you're you're doing such the likenesses that you're doing are so photorealistic with your paintings, and. What what are some of the? I'm curious on this. I don't know. A lot of these are commissioned, but like your your talent is so so specific, and it looks you know exactly who you're looking at, and it almost looks like high def, but you, with your style. Now let me ask you this: Is like, are you able to to paint anyone anytime? Because it's a it's a painting likeness. What are kind of some of the rights on that? Like, if you try to, to you're painting the Joker here, it is it, it if is that not sanctioned by you know, the, the, the DC, are you not able to do that? Or is it like, like, because I, we saw something recently about some dude who was doing Wonder Woman stuff. Cause he was, a, he used to paint one. He used to be a, a comic book artist for Wonder Woman and he would do Wonder Woman stuff at comic cons. But then, but then DC came out and said, Hey, you can't do that anymore. Cause we own the rights. Like what kind of rights are there for, for artists who want to sort of create their own fan art versions of this stuff?
2: Okay, so this is this is the 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 answer. I'll make as short as possible. Um, if you're doing an original painting, that's your your proof of concept. That's your thing. You can sell that all day long because it's it you know it's comes from you, right? You can't replicate it without permission and you know paying your fees and whatever. So this is where NFTs come into a really crazy um, a really crazy uh, space. Because really, you know, the, the argument now is, is an NFT an original? Um, for me, I say, yeah, it is. Because if you're going and you're painting, for me, I'll paint something. I'll take it back into the computer. I'll change it around a little bit and I'll do something to it that makes it an original. One of the things I'm doing with, um, with Mogul is I'm going to burn the originals. Just going to trash them because i want to make sure that the proof of concept that the nft is the original there's only one that's it and that's wow. what i'm going to do uh so yeah the, the one of the ones i'm doing is wolf of wall street i'm going to burn that on one of the days that i'm i'm posting you
1: actually burn jordan Belfort because i think joel uh, would not mind that
2: he doesn't like that <laughs> <laughs> yep fry him um and then um and then there's the the next one I'm doing, which is a Star Wars one. Um, I'm going to offer the audience. They can either, whoever buys it, can either have the original. And I'll roll it up into a nice, tightly sealed thing, and they'll they'll get it. Or they can choose its own destruction. So, uh, you know, a couple of the ways is I drop it into a couple of buddies of mine, Special Forces, and we blow it apart with a 50 cal. Um, you know, stick a dynamite, whatever.
1: I want... Like if I had the choice of to get your amazing art, that's like, you know, a, a perfect version of it, mailed to me, or watch it destroyed. Like, why would I want it destroyed? I don't think I would.
2: You know, there are so many people out there though that that just are are so into making sure that that NFT is the only one. Mm. So, you know, if that's the case, sure, why not? You know, it'll it'll be fun. It's sort of cathartic. You know. Mm take a machine gun to it
3: where where can i find this uh wolf of wall street um work of art i want to see this here so we can show what it is that you're selling and destroying
2: here it is i figured it out
3: oh (laughs) so there we go we got uh the wolf with uh with they will be animated
2: too by the way really yep so they will be animated uh, and let me see if I can bring up the uh, the Star Wars one for you. So nobody's seen these? This is like,
3: this. You, we just had a world premiere right here on Bad Crypt. You Belly.
2: literally are, you are literally getting a world premiere.
3: Okay, so oh, let me on, understand. On Before you go on the Star Wars one, that Wolf of Wall Street one, you have hand uh-huh. created that, and you're going to turn it into an NFT that is going to be a one of one, oh. sold and auctioned on the Mogul Productions platform and once that's sold you're destroying the physical work
2: absolutely that one's getting destroyed no matter what i'm gonna take it out to my backyard i'm going to get the grill and i'm gonna put on my little grilling hat and just gonna torch it and you're gonna film that right oh yeah i'm, it, I'm gonna go live with that and you're gonna turn that it, into an nft into an nft both animated and then plain. And, um, yeah. And most people are, are, like, you know, who, who's a, who's that crazy fucker out there that's burning a $30,000 painting?
1: Me, me. He's
2: like, I made it. I'm going to destroy it. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> the
1: creator and the destructor.
2: It's, exactly. Uh, and then the other one is, um, that is the, uh, that's the other one. Now you'll be able to, you know, the, the person buying this will be able to go, um, do we, uh, you know, do I destroy it or do I send them the original? So, and then there's a third one that I'm going to paint live as well. Um, I'm going to do a Deadpool live.
1: Mm. So what medium, what is this? Is this like a watercolor kind of, because it looks like it, you can see the runs kind of coming down. So it reminds me of watercolor. What kind of paper are you, are you uh,
2: painting on? Uh, I'm, I'm using a Canson uh 120 uh, uh, pound paper. And um, 140 pound paper, mm. and uh, I'm using. It's like watercolor. It's called gouache. So it's a lot thicker. Gouache? And if I want to go opaque, gouache. If I oh. want to go opaque, I can go opaque. And if I don't want to go opaque, then I just let it run. And most of my paintings, you know, if you guys are you know looking at them, they're they're all drippy and runny. It's like yeah, controlled it's, it's chaos. Really
1: cool. Well, it's like you. Throw look at this paintings. Batman one. You got all these Batman. Do. All, all the time. Them. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It's just oh, something cool. like <laughs> you get the Adam West all the way through to uh, Ben Affleck versions. Like, this is like, that is one of the coolest pieces of art. Like I mean, if you sold that as a freaking NFT, like <laughs> everybody's going to want that. I think it would be the, would be bit, the out, be outrageous bids.
2: Oh, man. Uh, well, you know what? Make sure you guys get me your addresses, and I'll get you a couple prints sent out.
3: Sweet. Oh, man. Well, listen, it's, when you're really ready to level up, you know, you you've been playing around with you know these performers and movie stars, but when you're really ready to level up, you can paint myself and Travis, and do a you know a bad crypto piece,
2: oh dude. God. Gertrude and Mabel strike again. God. This is this is amazing. Oh my god! You finally, finally
1: arrived, Rob. When you get a paint, T Dubs and Joe. Gotta leave this podcast now. Yeah.
3: yeah. let me ask you this as we uh, get ready to close out here when does the nft sale happen
2: um i believe it happens on the 28th 28th of this month
3: of april so for those of you listening to the show right now uh, this episode comes out on sunday night so that is the 25th so the auction is on wednesday the 28th uh, for those of you who are listening to us from the future it's 2021 so if you're listening to past episodes you missed it uh, but mogul productions I thought we were in
2: 1977
3: well we we stepped oh. back to the future oh okay
1: stay with us marty what you did. we got to go different <laughs> places this is a this is a multidimensional podcast marty <laughs>
3: Mobile mogul m o g u l productions.com is where you'll be able to uh, to find this and um and get this nft. I think you have to be a pass holder on um on mogul and own stars, which is their crypto. If you want to create an account, go to my.mogulproductions.com so you can have a chance at this. i, I love that you're torching this piece. I think that that's just, that's fantastic because it is now true ownership, right? Uh, All the other art, if anybody's created something by hand, they've got this physical piece and they make an NFT of it. The owner of the NFT can't really say, well, I've got the only one in the world. You've got the only NFT, but this work is actually hanging on a wall somewhere. Not with this piece.
2: Right. Nope. Not with this piece. And, you know, any of the NFTs I do in the future, I'm going to offer the same kind of thing. Um, you can choose to destroy it or i can roll it up and send it to you either way the originals are in one place and that's it.
1: Mm. And what you could actually do is that since you're destroying the original art piece, you're not stuck with having to only do one piece, right? Cuz it's like if you want it, you could you you can do them, you could do 21 of them or you could do 100 of them and that way more people get a share in the art and enjoy it and, and delight in having it on the wall. I mean, you've got some of these amazing pieces like you're I mean, if you if you guys Go out there and, and you're on Instagram, Rob Pryor, P R I O R Art, Rob Pryor Art. Man, is Snoop Dogg's crazy! The The Beastie Boys <laughs> one's unbelievable. Like, thank you. Like all these famous people throughout time that you've seen, and the, the Star Wars stuff is just unbelievable. Bruce Lee, phenomenal. You've you put together some amazing, amazing pieces, and i I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like. How is there only 140 likes on this thing? This, 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 you should have tens of thousands of likes, man. You, these are this The artwork is literally mind-blowing to me.
3: There will be well, once he does um, Joel and Travis. That's when his career
2: is really going to take off. You know what? So I do this really, really... So I, uh, I do a live, an Instagram live every Wednesday. And if we plan it, what I will do is I will paint you guys on the show, I oh. will. I, you just get me, get me some high res pictures. I will paint you guys. You guys, come on. Now I got to tell you, it's literally the dumbest show in the world. We, it's me, my two sons, and my main apprentice, and it is. It's just jokes and painting the entire time, yeah, and we perfect. open the show with sock puppets. Hell so, yeah! Uh, Hell yeah! That's amazing. I'll even. I
3: will tell you what. I will even make my own sock puppet. To be ready for the show,
2: dude. You know what? If you make your own sock puppet, you guys got to come on. Uh, you come on, come on my show. You'll have four people watching you. Um, come on my show, and and uh, and we'll just I'll paint you guys, and we'll just have a blast.
3: I love it. You know, um, I teach my kids, and and did uh, from the moment that they understood English at all that if you don't ask, you don't get and they always wonder how you know how so much weird and wacky and wild and wonderful stuff happens in my life and i tell them it never hurts to ask and and i wasn't even asking i just put it out there and you're you're so cool you're like hell yeah
2: i'll paint you dude come on come on the, it, it, it'll be what we'll do is we'll figure it out we'll figure out a wednesday that uh, that works for you guys and uh it's four. It's four o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Come on. I mean, uh, I, last week I had Tech Nine on. A few weeks ago I had Alanis Morissette on. Hmm. It, Tech the, Nine's a Kansas
1: City dude. I, li- I live here in yeah. Kansas City. He's a KC guy. I, one again, of my dearest just, friends, you, man. Have you, have you done any
2: Beatles stuff? I have not yet. Believe it or not, out of all of the paintings, I haven't done a Beatles oh my one yet. Gosh. I know, right? So I'm, that, one's, that one's in the works right now, because okay. those, those sort of go under my, my yeah, own personal things. That would be beautiful NFT. Um, I, that would be. That would be a great one. Oh, um, um, I, just, bro, I have a,
1: my brain's already going, doo, 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 doo. what about doo, 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 doo,
2: doo? Dude, fire them off. I think you guys me. have my email. Do so. you, you oh, my we, email? Know, we know where or you just, live now.
3: Well, actually, we're on our <laughs> way. And we'll be over for lunch here in just a few minutes. Uh, listen, Fantastic. Rob,
2: I'll is- I'll cook.
3: This is great. Um, We will definitely, uh, we're going to finish up our little talk here, but stick around for a minute so we can talk about some other things that the rest of the audience isn't privy to yet. Uh, (laughs) MogulProductions.com, Wednesday the 28th. You guys need to go check out this NFT. This is a cool opportunity to do this. And uh, Rob, both Travis and I, through the power of spending just a few dollars, are Scottish landowners. Uh, How much land do we own, Trav? (laughs)
1: I believe it's about a meter, perhaps, you know, maybe about a square a meter. meter, maybe less than it, not sure. Quite so what we're, exactly. So he
3: is Sir Lord Travis, and I am Sir Lord Joel. Uh, by virtue of us being Scottish landowners, we are donating a square inch to you, and we now bequeath you with this and your name is uh, Sir, Sir Rob the Destroyer. Sir uh, Rob the Destroyer, right. This is going to be
1: great. Collectively, we got two square meters, and we just given you a centimeter.
3: Yeah, mm. well, it's, yeah, yes! about that much.
2: Yes! Yeah. Well, not that oh, much. my life like is less fulfilled. than a centimeter, whatever that is, like a decimeter. Dude, you, you rocked. That's probably more.
3: Thanks for the lols. Thanks for coming on today and sharing. And we hope everybody will Absolutely. go.
2: Absolutely, I'll stick on, on for a bit.
1: All right, you are kind of people, man. You are bad as it comes, brother.
3: <laughs> is that dude awesome or what?
1: My goodness. I did not know what to expect with this, but this guy is doing amazing stuff. He's doing live paintings of pop culture icons. He's going up on stage and and creating events. And the guy is a master with two hands at the same time. Dude, that just blows me away. And you know what really blows me away is this guy has like 115 likes on an Instagram post or like, 130. I'm like, are you shitting me? Like, how is like uh, anybody who likes any of these like, like amazing rap artists that he's done or any Star Wars fans or, you know, any music fans or any pop culture fan? Like this guy is creating amazing stuff. Rob Pryor, P-R-I-O-R, Rob Pryor Art. Go follow this guy on Instagram. This stuff is amazing. And guess what else is amazing? Well, isn't there something amazing maybe going to happen on Wednesday?
3: Yeah, well, we talked about it um, in uh, in the interview. It's going to be on Wednesday, May fifth, Cinco de Mayo, which happens to be my birthday. Uh, he goes live on his Instagram at seven o'clock Eastern, um, and we're going to find a way. I am going to see if we can get him to broadcast to our YouTube channel as well. But he's going to paint us. We're going to have a painting party, and he's he's going to paint us, and uh, he's going to give us the original artwork, which is really generous and full rights to the NFTs that we can make with them as well. So we're going to have some surprises about what we're going to do with those. But how cool is it that this guy who has painted all kinds of, you know, famous people is going to paint
1: us? Yeah, go look at his Instagram. I'm telling you, you're going to be blown away. That Batman that he did, like each version of the Batman from Adam West to to the the last one, who was who was the last Batman? Uh, ben Affleck? I I, I don't know. Um, I'm yeah. I'm just Batman. I'm not. Who's Ben Affleck?
3: <laughs> Screw that guy.
1: Yeah. yeah, You're just bad dad man.
3: It's just yeah. I'm Batman. Yeah. It, you know. I'm I'm just. I'm really flattered that he would do that. But he, he is so cool. I mean, you had to enjoy that interview as much as we did. The dude's just down to earth. um He underst- He's humble. You know, he doesn't take his talent for granted. He wants to do good. And so we're going to make sure that we do good with the resulting product. That is usually the time we do the hero report for our blockchain heroes community. So we're going to delay the hero report, the that portion of it, until after his stream. But everybody's going to be invited to, you know, this stream first.
1: Yep. Yep going to be cool. And what a, what a generous dude. And I think we're, we're making that, putting that video up on YouTube, right?
3: Oh, absolutely. We're definitely now. I don't know if it's going to go live on YouTube, but we're going to ca- We'll no, figure no, no, it no,
1: out. No, the interview that we just did.
3: Oh yeah. The interview with Rob, cause there's some visuals in there. You can go to our YouTube channel on uh, uh it's uh, badco.in forward slash YouTube. We'll take you there and you can see that interview with Rob. So the visuals that you're hearing about, mm-hmm. you can see them. Go subscribe to our
1: channel. Do that. Because we're doing a lot of stuff live now. We're doing a lot more uh, interviews. We do the Nifty Show that always pops up on Fridays. You listen to our voice a lot on the podcast, but maybe take a look at us on the YouTube every once in a while. At least subscribe over there if you've not done that. Like, we got a big kick in the crotch from YouTube a couple years ago. They banned our account for two years, so we don't even have 10,000 followers over there yet. We'd like to get that up to that. We got like 10 million downloads of our show, but we can't get 10 thousand subscribers to our YouTube channel. I don't understand the math, but I would love to have some support over there to get us over the hump to 10,000.
3: Yeah. So that way, when they uh, ban us again, it'll be more significant. We'll really feel it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They banned us early, like September of 2017. Like we had just gotten started. And um, so we missed out on a huge uh you know amount of connecting to different audiences i think from that but it is what it is youtube can eat a bag of dicks sometimes and uh, because they're always banning people they don't i don't like what you have to say get out of here get off my lawn oh they're a private company they can do what they want okay great wait until at or verizon tells i don't like who you're talking to on the phone they're a private company they can do what they want
3: mm-hmm. uh sir lord travis before we close out how about you let the good folks of the republic of bad cryptopia know about our other sponsor.
1: The other sponsor of this episode is Prime XBT. They are an award-winning trading platform. I believe they have 50-plus assets over there, not just crypto stuff. You can trade Forex, commodities, stock indices, uh, and other cryptos all in one place. Multiple screen support, uh, so you can check more assets at once. They got some really cool charting-type things. And you can do some peer to peer copy trading stuff as well. So check them out at Prime XBT. You can do that at badco.in forward slash prime, P R I M E, X as in Xylophone, B as in Bitcoin, and T as in Travis. 50%
3: first deposit bonus with promo code BADCryptoPodcast. Good deal. So thanks everybody for listening to the show. We hope this was as entertaining to you as it was to do these interviews and as always do your own due diligence and don't invest in something that you don't understand. I I don't know about you, Travis, but I'm having a lot of friends and family members and peers, people I haven't heard from in a while saying, what do you think of this coin or that coin? And, And I tell them the same thing that we tell you guys. I don't, give financial advice here's how to go start educating yourself go to youtube and watch videos but don't watch the ones that are like is this coin getting ready to moon or pump like that's that's bad like look for real education that answers your real questions but don't take financial advice from a youtuber you got to do your own research and decide, you know, what your what the risk is, uh, weigh what the potential rewards and the loss are. Because, uh, look, you know, there's people out there, they want your money and you don't want to get eaten alive.
1: That's right. So don't listen to those YouTubers. Listen to those bad podcasters instead. Well, at, we teach we, you how to stay bad. Yeah, we do. But we don't give financial advice. Dude, we barely able to handle ourselves. You know, can't be giving advice. Actually, it's like, I-, I like to point you in the right direction sometimes. And I'm like, here's some things that I'm thinking. I'm mean, Here's some things that I'm doing. But I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. And that always bothers me. It's like, what should I do with it? Just tell me what to do. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't know what to do. Figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But do something. But I do like the one piece of advice that you gave people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that
3: one part? Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. When you yes, told you people did. to stay back. Oh, yes. yes I did.